Welcome to another enlightening episode of Baoism Unveiled. I'm your host, C.D. Domitio, and today we have Quanta. She's a true fashionista in the real world and the digital. She's from the deeply spiritual country of India. Welcome, Quanta. Thank you, C.D., and hello, everybody. Um, I am very excited to share about my experiences this side of the world. I am very grateful for this conversation because this I have never, ever sat back and reflected on my spiritual journey or my religion and why and what. So um, he got me thinking about that. I'm excited about how this conversation is going to go ahead. Quanta, before we dive into our conversation, I want to provide a quick interview of some key Baoist content concepts for our listeners and maybe for you. I think you're familiar by this point, but in Baoism, when I say Baoji, it refers to teachers or influencers that have shared valuable lessons in shaping our lives from spiritual figures to everyday mentors. And we're also going to delve into two essential concepts in Baoism, rocks, which is positive deeds and influences that add value to your life and talks, which are negative influences or deeds that we avoid for a more harmonious life. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, absolutely. Quanta, what I want to start out with is I want to explore your perspectives on spirituality as someone who lives in India and grew up there. Can you share a bit about how you would maybe describe, if if, if you have a label, how you would describe your religious beliefs and maybe tell us a little bit about them? If I'm going to talk about my personal experience, I am born in a family that observes Hinduism as our, our religion. Yeah, it's, it's the religion that is believed to have 33 million million gods and goddesses. So until my teens, I, I never really knew um, of that crazy number. But yes, I, I did know that there are about 20, 30 gods because I could see their images, I could see their idols, and each god or goddess represented something different. Uh, but my paternal grandfather, he had vested his faith in a guru. Now, I mean, when you think of the gurus from the Himalayas, that is what he was. I mean, he had this long matted hair and a line cloth and a staff, and he had this rosary. We still have that rosary, and this was many years ago. So his guru had actually, like in his meditations, this is what we've been told, that the goddess Kali had visited him. And um, so my grandfather was a staunch believer in his ways and what he taught about how to lead life. And so the way his guidance was passed down the family. So my family had little different way of performing religious rituals and prayer ceremonies. And Kali is our like family god or family god. And I have grown up learning the rituals of prayers, but I have never understood. I not not until now, but I didn't understand what they meant. That is like my family background. But I was in um, I studied in a convent school, and there was a beautiful church that was attached to our um, school. And I remember, you know, visiting the church a few times by myself. I mean, we had to go as part of like certain um, requirements. But I remember visiting it by myself a few times, but I was very nervous because I felt like I was stepping into a temple of another religion. And I didn't know whether I'm outstepping my boundaries, you know, and I remember sitting on the pew and it just felt so peaceful. I used to love going to the church. You know, I loved singing the songs that um, because it was part of assembly of the Holy Mother and Jesus and 
Christmas carols. I still don't know why, but there's something that in me that uh, it, it just, it was very peaceful. It just felt so beautiful. And I think some years later, um, this was late teens or early 20s, I was fascinated by Sikhism, which um, courtesy of mom's friend. Um, they have no, there's no physical representation of God in Sikhism. So the Sikhs offer their salutations to their holy text, which is the Guru Granth Sahib. And uh, this is um, you know, this is what made me question what religion is, and it took me towards the path of spirituality. So today, I feel religion, I understand religion, that as it is a way to bring people together to propagate a, a conduct of life. It's taken on a completely different and very disturbing interpretation today. You know, there is a really hilarious, and it's a brilliant Indian movie. It's it's called Oh My God. And um, the protagonist is questioned, um, what role does religion play in society? And he replies, uh, it either makes you helpless or a terrorist. So, I mean, this is again going in an, to an extreme. But yes, I believe that religion is a way to, it's like in school, a school has certain uh, rules and regulate to bring the students together because otherwise things are going to be chaotic so that's what I believe religion is today like um, when I have to sign documents or you know I I have to say I have to write down religion and I wish people didn't have that I wish like there was an option to just write human I mean just human and I think this classification based on religion is so archaic spirituality to me is it is your personal journey to know yourself to for self-knowledge yeah i think this is like where i am today and i'm constantly um uh, getting to know a bit more about myself and there's this question i don't know if you have it, it's it's very common i mean people say uh who am i and that was a question that was like put forward by Ramana Maharshi. And when I ask you, anybody, like, who are you? I mean, somebody will say, I am a designer, I am an architect, I am a writer, I am a singer. No, that is your profession. Who are you? Then you will say, I am, um, I am a man or a woman or non-binary or, um, you know, you will state your nationality. No, who are you? These are things that have made you. You were born into it, but who are you? And I think that is what spirituality is. So that's where I am now. <laughs> oh, my God. Quanta, there is so much to unpack there. I just am hanging on your words, actually. Like, I love, <laughs> I love that you're rooted in the Hindu traditions, but that, you know, you had exposure to Christianity and also exposure to the Guru Granth Sahib and, and Sikhism and, and then this this evolution of your spirituality in this like digital age that we're living in. I, I love it. It's like a fascinating blend of tradition and modernity. I guess I want to know so much more. I don't exactly know which question to ask you, but I'll, I'll stick with, I'll stick with the simple questions that we talked about. So let's move on to your Baoji. 
the teachers or influencers in your life. I wonder if you can talk about some of your Baoji and maybe what essential lessons that they've imparted. And I just, before we do that, though, I just want to say I agree with you. Like, it's part of the reason why Baoism exists is because I got so tired of people asking, you know, I, I was in the Marine Corps and I had to like have it on my dog tags, what religion I was. And I actually had four sets of different dog tags made that had four different religions on them. Oh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. yeah, stamped in the metal. Like I've, I, they exist still somewhere, I'm sure, but I don't have them. But OK, so can you maybe talk about your Baoji and, and the essential lessons that you learned from some of your Baoji? Who were your teachers and what did they teach you? Oh, my God, this question is so profound. I mean, I don't even know how I can count because everybody is a Baoji. Even, I mean, you guys, like the Vagabond team, you, everybody, um, if I start from, yes, your parents and then your teachers, your friends, people you meet. But then like now, if you're going to um, narrow it down to who I have, like I have learned lessons from. So I feel adverse situations have also enriched my life because they have taught me to choose what I feel is rightest for me, you know, which is, and there have been many situations, hard situations. I am not complaining. I would complain, but um, after a period of time, kind of reflect back and you realize that there were strong lessons, which I would never have learned otherwise my um in fact my yoga guru he says that the supreme guru is within us you don't have to look outside and it's just that we are not silent enough to listen to that guru and um, it's very hard to meditate and because i doubt my inner voice because i don't know whether it's the guru speaking or whether it is my own inhibitions and my own desires and wants so i other than that like i read um books and texts I've learned from life stories and teachings of uh, Swami Vivekananda. I'm not sure if you are aware of him. He was um, he was a disciple of uh, somebody, of a guru called Param um, Ramakrishna. And uh, contrary to uh, popular advice, he advocated questioning everything that was told to him. So his guru would, would be like, okay, this is what happens when you do this or this is and he would question everything and I love that because I cannot personally I cannot force myself to blindly believe something I either need to experience it or the person who says that okay this is how a certain thing should be done should have experienced that to impart his knowledge or her knowledge to me and um so reading his, uh, he is what would be called a karma yogi, which is somebody who believes in action more than, um, so there are different ways that you can believe in what you do in spirituality. One is through action, one is through uh, meditation, but he believed in action in the deeds that you do. And uh, what he instilled in me is that experience is the greatest teacher. Um, if I, If you have ever heard a talk by somebody called um, 
Krishnamurti. He does not mm-hmm. preach. He, his conversations are about, he says, I am not saying anything. We are discussing. This is an open discussion and we are questioning. So experience and awareness are the greatest teachers according to these two. And I. this is something that really hits me. So I feel um, the lessons that I take from them is to embrace experiences, to look at things as experiences and not let the experiences consume you. It's very hard, you know, I mean, um, to look at experiences from a third perspective, from uh, as an outsider, because you are in that experiences. But yes, when you are able to do that, it kind of makes things a little lighter. You're able to see things from a broader perspective and to experience the now moment. And this is so freaking even harder but yes this is what i you know this is what i want to keep carrying with me so yeah those are my lessons <laughs> those are amazing lessons and i'm going to ask but i would love to know as your grandfather's guru saw kali was kali about g to you and and what sort of lesson would would kali what would the primary lesson of kali be if there is such a thing yeah so if you know the image of kali she's like like a demon goddess she's black she has this hair unkempt hair long hair flying uh you know and she's wearing a crown of skulls she's wearing garlands of skulls and um you know there's fire around her and so what i take from her is that she didn't tolerate injustice and when things got too bad she took matters in her hand instead of depending on somebody else because she's a woman and like a woman scorn kind of thing so she was she flew inside a rage that she set the entire world on fire like every uh, all the three worlds on fire and so her husband is Shiva and the gods appealed to Shiva to calm her down and he couldn't do that and so <laughs> he just yeah so what he did is he laid down under her feet and she realized oh my god I'm standing on my husband and she just calmed down and you know got off him uh, what I take from is the power of being a woman that is what has instilled in me it's it's not easy being a woman here it's not easy um, you know standing up for yourself and saying no this is this is for me and this is not for me and still no matter how I say it is a man's world in a lot of in a lot of places in a lot of encounters here in India. And this is what I take from her. Powerful. And she, yeah, so I mean, uh, my father would pray to her like she's the mother. She's the mother goddess for our family. I was very curious. I'm really so appreciative that you shared that. I would love to hear more. We try to keep these to about 30 minutes. So we'll move on a little bit, but maybe if we have time, we can come back and dive into that more. The next question, this concept of rocks, things that people can do to make their lives more fulfilling, better. And these are these can be things that you learn from your Baoji or things that you've just picked up in life and you don't really know where you got them, but they've made your life more fulfilling and better. This is your chance to be a true Baoji yourself and to share some of those. I would love to hear some of your rocks. I think the strongest thing uh, what comes to me is to be myself. 
like I shared earlier, it's not easy to be a woman. So I've had to kind of mold myself to make other people okay. But no, it, it, it is to be yourself and never lose the courage and the right to be yourself. It is your damn birthright. And uh, you are still experiencing, still discovering yourself through experiences. Own those experiences. I mean, don't experience, I don't experience something because somebody else has experienced it in a certain way. I may be totally wrong, but then it is my experience and I learned from my own wrong. Um, so yes, I think like just to be myself is my, um, would be my rocks. That's a huge one. Do you have any practices, any daily things that you do that, that help keep you grounded? I mean, things like meditation or exercise, uh, anything like that, that really helps you to, to stay in your be yourself mode and keep you grounded in yourself? I practice yoga and it is a physical form of doing asanas. I, so yoga that I, I uh, practice is a younger yoga. And we, I, I don't know how to explain this. It's literally like meditating when you're doing the asanas, when you are in that pose, because you are feeling yourself and you are, when you're feeling every movement in your body, your limb, your muscles, your joints, your bones, you need to concentrate on that on yourself. And that is the time I feel that I am myself. I cannot be somebody else when I am working my body, when I'm getting to know my body. So for me, that is very strong meditation. The whole world shuts out for me at that time. I I don't even know my surroundings. If somebody passes by me, I'm, I don't even see them. So that is the time when I am myself completely. That's amazing. I mean, that really is the goal, right? To be yourself completely in the moment. And so your asanas bring you to that moment and put you in that in that moment. I love that. It's such a powerful thing to share. Now, this is the harder one. What are some some talks that you've discovered? Some things that have maybe been hindrances in your path or that you've seen as hindrances in other paths? What are some things that, that people maybe should avoid or try not to dive into? Maybe would be a better way to say it. Some talks that maybe would make life better for people if they didn't have. The toxicity can be anything from food to what you consume for for your uh, you know for eating from the mind for the mind body and soul don't take in any toxicity and you're surrounded by it um it it can be toxic for you but it is not toxic for the other person doesn't matter there is no generalization about what is toxic and yes i think that is very very important because it when you don't intake something that is harmful to you you cannot you don't have anything toxic to give out and that is how you will embrace people with more love with more joy and uh, learn to say no I think that that for me is um, I, I still need to put my boundaries as to put, say no to things to not allow to you know not consume uh, yeah I think that's what it is it sounds like maybe you're talking about the ability to say no, not just to other people, but also to, to emotional states and things like, like envy and, and fear. And, and is that what you're saying? Am I hearing that right? Uh, 
you cannot you cannot say no i mean you cannot say no to envy and you cannot say no to fear but recognize that yes i'm feeling afraid and then uh, turn it into a positive emotion you cannot people say and they preach that control your mind and don't feel anger and don't feel this but you're human you are going to feel it but recognizing i am feeling angry not retaliating this is recognizing this is what hurts me i am envious about this okay so what do i want to do about it that is something that is more positive it doesn't become toxic you're turning the poison into something for your growth so that is not toxic then that is so powerful quanta i mean it's literally turning lemons into lemonade <laughs> yes yes it is that it's it's very hard to do that i i see this it's um it's like say somebody is on the street and somebody is asking you for help if you don't have love in you you cannot give love it's like you know we are empty and i i realize like i'm giving 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 but i don't have any more to give i need something and for something to be inside me i have to i have to not consume the things that don't that are not helpful for me i don't need those that is what i feel and for everybody to give out good, good energies to feel good about other people you need to feel good about yourself and you can feel good about yourself if you don't have any toxic intake i love that what are some questions that I should have asked you? What are some things that you'd like to share that maybe I didn't ask and that you think would be beneficial to those listening? I think is um, perhaps you could ask what are people's views on what a universal religion would look like? You know, uh, what is it? Um, would is it just a is is it just a stupid idea to have a universal religion where you you know you don't sign i belong to this this religion maybe humanity is a universal religion what does it embody how do they how does anybody perceive a universal religion that's a great question what do you think about universal religions and and how how do you perceive that a universal religion might look or be for me i think a universal religion is something that is that is closer to spirituality than having uh you know a forced rule that you need to follow this or that a universal religion will not talk about repercussions that if you do this this is going to happen it is a law it is just like the law of gravity when you drop something down it's you know you i mean the it's going to fall down because of the law of gravity if you're in space, there's no gravity, but that's because of a law. So when you do something bad uh, or good, there is no good and bad. It is you're just doing it, and there will be a repercussion, or I mean, there will be a retaliation of it. How, when, in what form? I don't know. So I mean, talking about the laws of spirituality, like, like the laws of the universe, I think that is uh, universal religion to me teaching about what it is to be human you know mixing spirituality and and science there, it, there is truth because these things can be proven you know and if they can't be proven it's probably because we don't have the ability to understand this is fantastic it's beautiful sentiments and i'm so happy that you've shared them i'm so happy that you shared that question to ask we're certainly going to explore that more with future guests quanta thank you so much for joining us today on Baoism Unveiled. And it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much because I could I could share, I could talk about this. I could even talk about this to myself, you know, so this has been a great experience. 
You are so welcome. And thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope we can have these kinds of conversations more. And to our listeners, if you found today's discussion intriguing and wish to explore more about Baoism, visit our official website at Baoism.org. You can discover resources, articles, and details about upcoming events, holidays, things to celebrate. And don't forget to subscribe to the Baoism newsletter and our podcast, this one, at Baoism.substack.com. That's B-A-O-I-S-M substack.com. Stay connected as we continue unveiling the diverse facets of Taoism, and we keep featuring captivating guests like our friend Quanta. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Embrace joy, celebrate diversity, and uncover the beauty of Taoism. Be happy. Be happy.